from NPM, the National Association of Pastoral Musicians. This is episode 165 of Ministry Monday. Ministry Monday is a weekly podcast about music, ministry, and liturgy produced by the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, or NPM. What is NPM? NPM is a national association that fosters the art of musical liturgy. The members of NPM serve the Catholic Church in the United States as musicians, clergy, liturgists, and other leaders of prayer. For more information, go to npm.org forward slash join. Have a question? Email us anytime at ministrymonday at npm.org. Hello and welcome to Ministry Monday. I am your host, Amanda Bruce. If you're new to the podcast, hello. We are so glad that you are tuning in with us. Each week, Ministry Monday offers a podcast episode for the church music minister on topics that seek to help you learn, grow, challenge, and inspire. If you haven't done so already, I encourage you, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts each week. And hey, thanks for joining us. It continues to be a unique time for music ministry, and that conversation continues here on Ministry Monday. As a fellow pastoral musician, I have noticed that the COVID-19 pandemic has allowed for a re-evaluation of many of the things we use and depend upon in music ministry. So why not take this moment of pause and re-evaluation to grow and strengthen our musical and liturgical skills? That is going to be our focus in September, and that will be our focus for the next two weeks on Ministry Monday. So for the next two weeks, you will hear about two learning and formation opportunities led by or partnered with NPM. So this week, we begin by speaking to Teresa Cobarubia Yoder. Teresa is a recently retired director of music ministries, where she served at Immaculate Conception Church in Hampton, Virginia for 25 years. Teresa is also a former instructor of music theory, chorus, and madrigals, where she taught at Walsingham Academy in Williamsburg, Virginia. Her combination of knowledge in both disciplines of music theory and, of course, liturgical music makes her a perfect candidate to offer a four-week class in the fundamental basics of music theory, which is what we're going to talk about today. As you will hear shortly, this four-week class, which will again be offered in September, will be perfect for choir members and cantors who want to learn the basics of music theory. And we encourage you to send this episode over to anyone whom you would think would benefit from it. They do not need to be NPM members. Listen onward and welcome Teresa with me. Today on Ministry Monday, I am speaking with Teresa Cobarubia Yoder. Teresa, how are you doing? I am feeling great today. Thank you. Good, Good morning. Good morning, indeed. So I I often like to start the episode by saying, you know, so-and-so joins us from their home in blank. So I have to ask you, for those of you who don't know and who are not watching the video version of this podcast, you are traveling the country in an RV. So where are you this morning? 
This morning we are north of St. George's Island, which is on the panhandle of Florida. And uh, yeah, we've been traveling around the country. It's been amazing. I retired uh, in May. And since then, we literally left two weeks later and we've been on the road. So, and I'll be on the road until September. <laughs> wow. So, no, wait, what, what made you want to do this? Actually, um, you know, I think everyone has seen the little YouTube videos of people traveling and it sort of spurred this idea, but it actually began um, much younger. My grandparents um, took me camping when I was a child and I loved it. And so I tried to um, resurrect that when we were, um, my husband and I were, uh, had small children and it was so much work to set up tents and everything else. And he hated it. He's not a camper at all. And then finally what happened is I decided that my best memories of my grandparents was camping. And I thought, you know what? I need to do this with my granddaughters. So we invested in a car so that we could have a pull along trailer. And my husband got in a couple of those trailers. And again, because he's a little bit of, you know, didn't really appreciate the camping back then. He says, no, too small. No, can't do it. And so then I found this um, um, RV and he walked in it and he goes, oh, this is what I want. So it, we're glamping, we're not really camping. And <laughs> it, it, it has, I, it was, um, as you know, Amanda, this is, a, this is a big rig, it even includes a washer and dryer in it. So, um, but it's, it's perfect to travel. So we've been to uh, so many national parks. In fact, let me show you this. This will show you some of the national parks that we have visited around the country. I don't know if you can Oh, see that's it. cool. Yeah. If you're watching the video, you can see it. It looks like you have a pin map that you keep with you. And wow, you've been to a lot of national parks so far. Yeah. Our plan is to travel to almost all the national parks. And so uh, cool. that will be our goal for the next couple of years. Yeah. Wow. That is so, so cool. And of course, too, as a pastoral musician, I'm sure you're having a unique experience with this because as you said, you just retired in May. How many years were you in pastoral music? Uh, probably since I was 14. So I won't tell wow. you my age. Okay. But so many years, several years. Many years. But <laughs> in my previous position um, as director of music at Immaculate Conception Church in Hampton, Virginia, give them a plug. Um, I, I was there for 25 years. So it seemed like that wow. was the right time to, to sort of uh, step back. Actually, it was close to 26. I wasn't going to retire during COVID in the midst of the heavy COVID. And so, mm -hmm. yeah. and, and my husband made an offer I couldn't refuse. So <laughs> travel the country. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I've been to a lot of different churches in the um, last couple of months. And uh, I've spoken to a lot of music ministers. I've been invited to play. Um, I was in Illinois um, at my friend, um, composer Craig Colson's um, church. And uh, we sort of did a pickup kind of thing at mass, which was fun. And this was during COVID again, you know, when, when things were uh, slowed down. And I've been to, um, Gosh, I can't even tell you how many churches I've been to, but I've been to so many, uh, including one that was outside of Yellowstone. Uh, and the unfortunately, the church could not do mass on Sunday because they had a priest. Uh, the priest could not be there. And I'm not sure if it was a COVID-related incident or whatever, but 
they had to close the church for Sunday. And I was sitting out on the porch overlooking this beautiful vista. And then I started trying to find churches I could go to. And the closest church was two hours away. <sighs> and what was so interesting was there was a group of people who came to also go to church. And we kind of looked at each other and we said, well, let's do this. Let's go ahead. And um, I said, we could do, you know, would you like to do the readings of the day? I didn't tell them I was a pastor and musician. And we did a Sunday celebration in the absence of a priest at that, on that Sunday. And it was glorious, um, young families, older families, and we just prayed together and we gathered. So it was beautiful. No Eucharist, but we still gathered to pray. So it was neat. Wow. Wow. What, what a gift. Clearly the Holy Spirit was working when the Holy Spirit sent you there for that day. I'm sure, I'm sure the priest or whoever parishioners were like, who is this person? They're just, <laughs> they're just coming in and helping. So that's beautiful. Well, we, we did it outside because it was, it was locked and it was a small church. I don't even think it fit 35 oh, wow. people church. Mm-hmm. It was that but it was it was very remote um and like i said even even though the next church was like uh two hours away you had to travel all these mountains to get there and so um and i couldn't do that i was you know at that point my family my husband was back at the campground and getting ready because we were going to move that day and i thought okay well i'll just i'll sit here and pray next thing i know all these people gathered and we prayed together Wow. That is beautiful. You've been doing a lot of praying with people and leading in a new way. If I might be so bold as to say that, because one of the things you also have done this summer is you presented two, no, three sessions, if I'm correct, four, clearly I did not do my homework, four (laughs) sessions at this year's NPM convention just a few weeks ago. How, how did that go? I loved it. Um, it was, it was wonderful. It was different because it was a combination of live stream, I think, and, um, and then uh, public in which people were there. And I kept forgetting that it was live stream. And I was, it was wonderful to interact with the people that were in the room and to see where they are in their own ministry. And I, I just thought to be able to share what little that I know with others and that they found it of value. And what was wonderful also with this is that people have kind of stayed in contact with me. So to know that there were some people from England who were part of, um, you know, who were part of this is pretty amazing if you ask me. And so it was nice to know that the ministry of music and and the commitment of people, it gives me chill bumps to know that so many people are so devoted to their faith and they're doing whatever they can in their own parishes. So they're interested in things like, uh, you know, maybe a virtual choir or they're interested in like, what do I do as I move on in this COVID time, you know, and and trying to resurrect resurrect my parish. Um, um, music ministry. So I, it was, it was a blessing to be there. One of the things I personally took away too, was something similar. Um, I myself was quite overwhelmed emotionally at Eucharistic Adoration on Friday. 
Um, because as all of us were there, I looked around at the many members that were gathered and I was just overcome with emotion, knowing that these are the people that have been holding on to, to their parish with both hands right now, that for the last year, we, so many of us have been working so hard just to try and keep some type of spirituality and presence in our music ministries when so many things that we usually depend on were taken away from us. I mean, so many of us couldn't sing. So many of us couldn't have hymnals. So many of us couldn't have choirs. And so I know the suffering that so many of us have gone through. Um, many of us even got paychecks or sorry, pay cuts and they lost their jobs. And so for us to gather and to, to have that and still have that pursuit of learning and constantly engaging with one another. It was very powerful for me. I, th that was one of the main things I took away from the convention personally. I, uh, um, I find that to be so beautiful, Amanda, that you just shared that because at Eucharistic Adoration, I too almost started crying. It was, mm. uh, and plus it was the end of the, you know, end of a week. And right. I'm not going to say that the week was grueling, but it, definitely took its own life of its own uh, itself as we were trying to give hope you know Christ our hope and uh and and that's what we're doing in our in our parishes so thanks for sharing that yeah yeah absolutely I have one last question before we go into kind of the bulk of what we're going to talk about today which is where did you park your RV for the convention <laughs> um so I'm sure it didn't I, fit in the Marriott. It did not fit in the Marriott. <laughs> and, um, oddly enough, I had the entire trip plan up to the convention or oh, okay. a couple days before the convention. And we had, and I, I'll just go very briefly into this. Uh, so we were planned all the way to California. And then all of a sudden my husband goes, oh, well, you know, I didn't make those other uh, reservations. And I'm going, oh. so now what do we do? And we ended up staying in what we call uh, cancellation sites. So places that we would not have been able to make reservations for, we ended up, somebody canceled and we were able to take that site. So we were able to stay at Mesa Verde uh, in Colorado. And then we stayed on an Indian reservation in New Mexico. Whoa. And then uh, we ended up and uh, we ended up staying at the Fontainebleau uh, Blue, I think that's how you pronounce it, State Park. Well, they were booked. We couldn't we couldn't even get there. I was asking friends in New Orleans, can I park at your church? Is there any place? Right. To park? And so it turned out that we were able to, somebody canceled out at the last minute and we were able to get the site for five days and it was fantastic. So we were very cool. blessed to be able to leave it there. Yeah. Yet again, the Lord's providing as you go on your new way of ministry. That's fabulous. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. So one of the reasons too, Teresa, I wanted to talk with you today is because you were going to be leading a fall series of workshops starting in September for or I should say through NPM. Um, so would you mind giving a brief overview about them? Yeah, I was, um, I, what I'm going to do is a course called Fundamentals um, for choir members and also for cantors. And this is an opportunity, I think, for pastoral musicians to make sure that uh, 
when we know that so many people want to sing and want to participate, but maybe they don't have the fundamentals or the theory background uh, to understand uh, things like time signatures or navigating through a music score or what measure are we on? And I think that many people will understand what I'm speaking of. So this gives your um, cantors and your choir members a system, a structure to organize their learning so they can best serve in their ministry. I also taught school, high school um, course for many, many years. And my choirs have performed all over the world. And, but I also was, it was very important to me that they had certain things that they needed to be able to do so that they could sing. Now, um, so what we, I did is I developed a system in my own classroom called Opus. And you'll have to come for that um, session to understand what Opus is, but uh, as a way for them to organize how to learn a piece of music. So your choir members and cantors will be given the tools on how to better enhance their musicianship. So, and that music would no longer be a mystery for them. And the concept is, is that they will sing with greater confidence and they'll be musically prepared to do this. As we move uh, in this transition, and I know that there is a little bit of an uptick of um, COVID, it's really important that we can give our uh, people in ministry the tools that they need to fully participate and not necessarily rely on a choir director or the director of music week in and week out. Oh, what does that mean? I don't understand what uh, two four means. And so this is going to empower the people to worship God even more. So, yeah. And so how is this being offered? Is it going to be virtually or in another format? Okay. It's going to be virtual. It's going to be for four weeks, I believe starting on September 7th. Um, mm -hmm. And each week we're going to be focusing on a different topic. So week one, it's going to be on rhythm. Uh, week two, it's going to be on melody. And I'm also going to introduce Selfish for that time, um, because I think if you're chanting a song, that that's important to know. Um, and believe it or not, the third week is going to be the notes on the staff. Uh, part of the methodology that I use is that uh, it, we're trying to connect the ears with the eyes to see with what the brain already knows. And mm -hmm. so if I taught the notes on the staff first, then it sort of it sort of gets in the way of the learning. So I'm again, this is my methodology, and it's worked wonders. And then um, the fourth week, we're going to uh, really delve into um, music navigation and do road mapping. And that will be the four weeks, and it will give them enough tools to get started. And then if we can always go beyond that, but right now the four weeks is what we're going to do as far as um, giving them a real good basis for music. And some people will already know how to read music when they come in the course, and I understand that. But a minimum, this is, this is a way of looking at a score and doing it in such a way that also enhances and empowers the text 
So one of the things that I first begin with, uh, for example, on rhythm is I'll give them a text to read and then I'll show them some rhythms and let them decide which one really works with this text. And we'll be using scripture as well as some of the hymns that we sing um, to incorporate this all throughout the month. It really does sound great for a, you know any, any choir member or cantor who maybe can't read music. I, I personally, Teresa, I've had in the, the many years, not as many as you, but in the many years that I've been in music ministry, I have almost always had at least one cantor or one choir member that just says, I just don't read music. And I think that this is such a great opportunity for them to take a little bit more than an hour, four weeks in a row to really dig in and develop these skills in, in a way that I, it sounds to me is very open, not intimidating, but just everyone kind of starting and creating that foundation. Yeah. And, and the other part that I think is going to be um, a bonus to the, uh, the course for the month is I will have some of my own personal videos that I used for in my own teaching that people can go back and uh, look at. So if they miss it, or if they're not sure for one week, I'll have something else that will sort of shore up whatever they missed. And I think that's, that's the blessing of it, honestly, because we can go into a classroom or we can go into choir practice and there's a limited amount of time but to actually delve into it and then be able to resource something that you may have heard, but you weren't quite sure of, or, or next week you'll go, Oh, wait, I understand what she was talking about. Let me go back and look at that little snippet that she showed me. So we're, it's going to be a great, um, it's going to be a great month. (laughs) Now, does someone have to be an NPM member to sign up for this course? No, they don't have to be a member of NPM to sign up for the course. What we're looking for is trying to get uh, NPM members, choir members involved and their cantors involved. So this is a a non-member participation um, um, registration. I do want to mention too, if you are a standard or premium member, you do get a discount. If you are a member, you do get a discount on the registration fee. If you are a standard or premium member, so you can be an NPM member or you don't have to be an NPM member essentially to, to, to be a part of this workshop and the cost, if is it okay, if I can say that? Yeah. Yeah. So for all four weeks, the cost is $50 total. And again, if you are a standard or premium member, there would be a discount on that. And how, how would someone find more information and sign up for this? Well, definitely they would have to go into the NPM um, website and the course is listed there. And we bump the numbers so that more people can participate. So we're not looking at maybe 10 or 15 people um, um, doing it, but actually 100. And if the popularity is there, I'm sure that you all will invite me back to do session two. We definitely will. We (laughs) definitely will. I mean, you, all of your sessions really have been received so warmly. Of course you, you offered a session for, for no additional cost for those who registered for the convention back in June, which was an introductory discussion about, you know, music ministry and 
COVID-19 and you did two sessions at the convention. And I have to tell you, and I'm not just saying this because we're recording, but you have received such great feedback um, on the exit polls from the convention on your sessions. Oh, thank you for anyone who <laughs> I think I may have shared a few too many stories. I go, oh, why did I say that? But, um, I think, honestly, in teaching, you again, you know what your classroom looks like, I, I would think. Mm. And, um, and that's always important for me. I remember when you and I did the sessions uh, or the session back in, for, in early June. We did a poll so I would know who I was speaking with, and then I can adjust it to who I'm speaking with. So I do want to say something, though. Choir uh, directors or directors of music, sometimes, you know, they try to do these courses. And uh, they might just even want to come in and participate to see the style and the manner and sort of the basics. Because sometimes we can get, uh, I know for me um, in directing with music, sometimes we can kind of look at it like maybe at a lower level, but honestly, I think even if we kind of push it up a little bit higher, uh, we'll find that our choir members will actually respond to what your expectations are. So anyway, so it might be, again, a way of, oh, I could do that in my choir rehearsal, or I could do 15 minutes of this at every choir rehearsal. Yeah. I also think too, and my, this is my last thought on this, I swear, but it just came to me, you know, I, this year in particular, of course, you know, choir members and cantors, I do believe have a unique opportunity. Some might see it as a challenge. I see it as an opportunity for us to really evaluate and examine how we approach music because so many choirs have not sung in many months. And even cantors may not have sung in some situations for several months. And so I really think this has created an opportunity for us to pause and evaluate. And especially too, if choir members or excuse me, choir directors are finding that their members have to step back in terms of vocal health or vocal strain, because that was something we recently talked about on Ministry Monday, is making sure that as these singers come back, they're not overstretching their voices. I think that, you know, creating this time in a rehearsal to go through music theory things or taking a minute to create this foundation of music knowledge that they may not have previously. I actually think is a, this is a great time to do it because it also gives, I think, a little bit of rest for the voice, but still continues to foster that community in choirs and continues to deepen their musical skills. Well said, Amanda, that's, that's really good. I think anything that we can do formation right now is yeah. going to primary and in the planning of formation whether it's musicianship or if it's scripture or if it's liturgy formation liturgical formation I think once everyone comes back together um, knowledge is knowledge first of all makes you realize how little you you do know Hmm. and then (laughs) and then but the second thing is because we're we're no one's an expert on any of this. We just are at different levels of um, learning more because we're learners for life, at least I am. And I think it's going to, uh, by broadening their understanding, and 
makes the whole essence of ministry even more profound. Hmm. And this is our way of giving back to God, who so generously has given to us. So anyway. Yeah. So this will be, this will be Tuesdays in September, starting the day after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's September 7th. That's the registration deadline as well. Uh, for more information, you can go to npm.org. I'll also put information in the show notes of this episode. And my last question to you, Teresa, is if you don't mind me asking, where are you headed to next? Oh, I'm excited. So um, again, cancellations. I've been trying for over six months to get us on St. George's Island at the most pristine of uh, camps. And so we're gonna be down in St. George's Island for a couple of days and I'm excited. And then after that, I have no clue. We'll figure <laughs> that out. I just know that I need to be back by September 7th for our next Zoom. <laughs> That's and, right. Um, and I also, I think, oh, uh, the church that I worked at, they're going to have a special guest. And so I would like to be at that. So, you know, by the first week of September, we definitely have to be home. So we'll see what happens. I think the bug has really bitten me uh, as far as this nomadic life. But, well, yeah. that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing your travels and your knowledge with us. I myself am looking forward to very much being a part of the fundamentals of music theory next month. Okay. Sounds great. Thanks. Thanks, see Teresa. You okay, <laughs> okay. See you there. When he calls on me. Thanks so much to Teresa for her time today. For more information about the fundamentals of basic theory and how to register, visit npm.org or check out the show notes of this episode at ministrymonday.org. The recording of When He Calls on Me was produced by GIA Publications, and our theme music today was produced by Aaron Schaus. Today's episode of Ministry Monday was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts empowering us for the work of ministry, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Monday. Dwells in the shelter of the Most High and abides in the shade of the Almighty. to the Lord.